Prepare for healthy communication. You are listening to the Health Rocks podcast with Stuart Cox, your host, physiotherapist, public health nerd. We are here to bring you enlightening health journeys built on the three pillars of health, movement, and music. You can watch the videos on YouTube as well. Let's get moving. Stewie. Richie, take, take a seat. Thanks for having me, mate. Well, should, you should be offering me the seat. This, yeah, is, your, this is your pad. Tell us who you are, Richie. Um, Richard Brennan is my real name. Brennan, I didn't know. You're a hard man to find online. Yeah. I was trying to uh, search for Richie corporate box things, and I was like, I can't find his fucking last name. No, I sort of just adopted. I wasn't, I was, well, not until I was 18, 19. I adopted the name Richie. Everyone just called me Richard or Rich or one of many nicknames. But uh, my first ever job, my boss was Richard. So he was Richard and I was Richie. And I sort of just adopted it from there. But yeah, all growing up, no one ever called me Richie, ever. So, you, so you're Richie to everyone except pretty much, except my parents and my, like my old mates. Right. And so, all right, corporate box, we're here. How did you get here? How did I get here? About 10 or 11 years ago, a friend of mine, I used to do some PT with him at another Jada PT studio, and he moved from there to here. So I just started coming here doing PT, just doing weights and fitness, PT with him. Um, and after a couple of months, he got offered a job somewhere. So he took off and I sort of liked the place, so I just signed up as a member. Okay. And um, fast forward 11 years and I own the place. So, all right, so obviously, Let's wind it back a bit. Yeah. How do we get into this kind of industry? Health, health, um, boxing, martial arts. Yeah. Where does that come from? My actual first ever when I was um, I won't say my first ever job because that was just working with my old man. But um, my high school work experience was actually at a gym. Um, I used to like going to the gym because I was completely out of nick i was an overweight kid i was born a fat baby i was how, how big are we talking oh uh, look i'm not the tallest person on the face of the planet so um i was pretty round um i was always big like i was pushing 11 pound when i was born okay. um had to cut me straight out the sunroof because my mum's not the biggest person on the face of the planet either um and yeah just a big boy son of um you know an australian parent and, a, and an ethnic parent lebanese parent so both them coming from the era of more food is better, growing ki- growing children, growing nourishment. boy, nourishment. And anything that was made at home was obviously healthy, which, you know, four bowls of pasta, you know, now we know isn't healthy for a 10-year-old and finishing your grandparents' meals at, at dinner time, things like that. But, um, yeah, always a big kid and sort of you started to start to get that at age where you want a little bit of um, attention from the opposite sex and things like that. That's so mean a little bit more to you. Yeah, of course. So... You know, how, how else do you, you see these guys on telly and stuff? They go to the gym and get all fit and start lifting weights and stuff. So, so was there no real sport up until then? No, no, I always played footy from five years old. Yeah. Um, not good at it, but always played footy. Um, played AFL. Um, so, so I played rugby league and AFL. Had yeah. a couple of seasons. And this is where? Too. Where are you at this In point? Wagga Wagga, born and bred. Wagga okay. Wagga, New South Wales. So Wagga Wagga is one of those places where it's in a nexus between AFL heartland and rugby league. Yeah, yeah, lots, so you got of, a bit lots of, both. of both. Yeah, lots of both. It's almost, probably I've been gone for a long time, but even back then it was probably 50-50. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, so, yeah, so how did we get, why, why was boxing seen as the Oh, the well, boxing was, boxing was a long way down the track. Even when I was a kid, I used to like, love boxing and um, 
not really that many avenues for it in Wagga. You sort of had to know someone who had a little bit of a backyard gym. Small gym. Um, yeah, just like train people out of their backyard or in their oh, shed, yeah. and, and I didn't. So it wasn't until I got here and I was sort of like 23, 24 years old, and I actually knew about corporate box. Was it's, they couldn't fight me way out of a wet paper bag, so okay. didn't, didn't didn't you know want to go down that track. And it wasn't until my mate brought me here to do PT and I saw the environment here, and I was like, oh yeah, I'll give it a go, and sort of fell in love with it, which all which relayed all the way back to me liking boxing as a kid watching with my dad and stuff. So you were able to connect the dots later on, yeah. even though you didn't explore it at yeah. a younger age. Yeah, and obviously being, you know, growing up playing footy and stuff like that, I was never being any good at it. I always yearned to be good at something. And I thought the only way to be good at something was by default if none of my mates did it. So <laughs> Why did by you... proxy, I'd be the best boxer amongst my mates. So just was it just training that made you go in towards the PT kind of direction? Um, or was there yeah. someone else there who nourished that kind no, of thing? No, 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 it sort of all just, all just fell in. Like when I first moved to Brisbane 15 years ago, I just always did sales, just got into a job in a gym to sell in gym memberships. Because okay. in my, my mind, um, I could use my current skill set to further myself in, a, in another sort of skill set or in another um, uh, industry. Right, okay, so let's go from there now. Obviously, it's a big leap going from like, you know, PT and just training people one on one. And were you taking, were you teaching no, classes here? No, nah, I never started. I, I started teaching my first class. I never really did a lot of one on one stuff. Uh, my, my stuff just sort of came out of just having a couple of fights here and, and training a lot. And the old owner sort of just sort because a lot of the things you could you could be the best trainer on the face of the planet, right? But when it comes to a group session, if you haven't got any people skills. Then you can yeah, you're not going to have anyone. No, you can bin it, you know. So, yeah. um, sort of my sort of more limited amount of boxing skill, but also with my people skills, sort of um, got the old owner to start and get me to do a few classes over at, over at the other gym over at Everton Park. Um, and then, yeah, I'd just come and fill in here every now and again and you know, learning from other people and holding pads and, um, you know, sort of learn from a lot of the older guys that how just holding pads and things like that can really... And I did, you know, we do everything for ourselves, whether people like to say it or not. You know, you can be kind to someone, but you're kind to someone because you want to do it for yourself, right? So in the same respect, I'd start holding pads for people because I was told it would make me a better boxer. Mm -hmm. um, and it did, right? Just to do more skill and things like that. And um, when you're on the opposite side to someone, like you do a lot of classes up here. So when you're on the other side of someone, you know, for not holding pads for them, the only other time you get to stand across from someone is when you're at the threat of getting punched in the face. Right, so it's a beautiful way to be able to be on the other side of the coin um, and dissect what someone else is doing and, and get a little bit more experience of being across from someone. All right, so let's go from there because for many people, contact sports are pretty foreign. Right? Yep. And boxing is right at the coalface in terms of getting hit in the head, right? And we all know that, you know, hitting in the, getting hit in the head is not a great thing in life in general. Yep. But how did you deal with it? Um, the way I dealt with it was by having minimal fights and trying not to get hit in the head as much as possible. So moving well. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, when I, did, I only had a couple of fights, and when I did fight, I fought at 65 kilos. So at that weight, um, it's very fast stuff, a lot of movement, as opposed to just standing there and trading with someone. Um, the other thing is when you're fighting someone who is also 65 kilos, they don't hit as hard as someone. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot of people around my size here, so I was used to sparring a lot of bigger people. Yeah. Um, at 65, you know, could spar like a cruiserweight or a heavyweight or something like that. Obviously, they're not trying to take your head off, but yeah. you sort of get um, a bit of conditioning to that sort of stuff. 
Um, and, and yeah, and smart sparring too, you know what I mean? Keeping that really hard stuff for, for a special time yeah. um, and doing a lot of, you know, like I've, I've done thousands and thousands of sparring rounds. Um, never been knocked out. Um, been put down with a couple of body shots, but never been knocked out. But that's that's not a testament to having a hard head. That's just a testament to being in an environment where no one's trying to kill you because everyone's trying to learn. Yeah. You know. So what? Um, so it's a what, healthy environment for learning. Yeah. Rather than a destructive environment where yeah. someone's just feeling, I'm going to walk. Well, out if you've here. got a fight coming up, who's going to want to spar you? If all you do is get in there and knock people out. Yeah. No one's going to want to spar you. And the only person that you know physically it might hurt the other people, but the only person that really hurts is you. Because yeah. you're not getting any experience there. Exactly. It could damage you also on the way to, yeah. to competing. Yeah. Okay, on the topic of boxing, right? So at what point does boxing become unhealthy? When you're talking about that destructive kind of sparring when it's too heavy, you've got people getting beaten up basically. Mm -hmm. Have you yeah, had to step in at all with anyone and say, look, I think you need to calm this down because I'm seeing things? Or Yeah. I think I think a lot of the time, I think a lot of the time it's just um, you're sort of just stopping people from themselves. And what that would be, it might be someone who may lack a little bit of skill, and they're trying to make up for that with confidence and ego. So, as opposed to being hit by someone and going, okay, maybe I shouldn't be hit by this person anymore. They're like, well, that didn't hurt. You know, I'll stand in front of this guy and show him how tough I am. Yeah, people poke their heads out. And get, yeah, you're not you're not you're not serving anybody there. You're yeah. definitely not serving yourself because when someone's, you know, this is sparring, you know. If you're in a fight and someone's really trying to try to take you out, you can only take a couple of those shots and you're out on your ass. Well, and that's what we notice the difference is between, like, say, when you're having, you know, huge gloves on and you cop a glancing blow, whereas yeah. you see in like a mixed yeah. martial arts fight with someone with really small yeah. gloves, yeah, they can just skim off your head and the guys. Girls completely out. Yeah, that's what a lot of people don't realise. They form these bad habits in the gym with 16 ounce gloves on. And you're going to go out there and fight with tens on, you know, or if you're doing MMA, it's fours. So it's a big difference. It's a huge difference. And so what's your thought? Do you think the careers of these guys, if you're going into something like MMA, where you're fighting with four-ounce gloves, yeah, that career is going to be shorter than someone who's fighting, in, you know, in larger boxing gloves. Or but, but, but is it? eight count as well as the other thing we have in boxing where you don't well, have in MMA. Or is it because, you know, when they did all that CTE stuff in the NFL, you know, they sort of found that a lot of the injuries, the head injuries coming out of the NFL, it isn't from getting knocked out playing a game. It's from the repetitive small knocks every week, every day of training, every day of training. Yeah. So you think about if you're sparring with four-ounce gloves on, that's why the, there's even some th theories out there that bare-knuckle boxing could be safer than actual boxing. Right. Reason being, your main prerogative is to just not get hit, right? Whereas me, I... Even though, you know, I didn't mind taking a punch, you know what I mean? I thought I had very good guard, right? So yeah. I didn't feel like I was ever getting really squarely hit on the face. Yeah. Um, and I could just guard up and sort of glance them off or take the blow with my own gloves. There's none of that with bare knuckle boxing. So no one's going to stand in front of someone like this in bare knuckle boxing. No. They're always moving around for the, for the, to try and not get hit. <laughs> on the other side of that is they when they do it. get hit, they get knocked out. So there's no constant at these ones, just one big one, boom, cut your lights off. And that's it. Done. And that's it, and the fight's over. So when you're constantly taking these hits, constantly taking these hits, that's when the bad stuff happens because yeah. you can't you can't spar bare knuckle boxing. No. You know what I mean? You just gotta go out and fight it. 
So in theory, if you start, if it's a mathematical equation, you start adding up hits to the head, then one would say that bare knuckle boxing could potentially be safer than boxing. And that's why I... And scale up from there with, um, with um, MMA, you know what I mean? Again, probably a few bigger knockouts in MMA when things like head kicks and stuff like that, but yeah, with regards to getting just, getting your lights turned off at, um, with a pair of gloves, your lights get turned off, it's over. See, this is the thing, I coming from a rugby background, is that our experience and mine is like, you know, I've had you know, about 30-odd stitches around the eyes, you know, eight broken noses, and I only have one concussion. But I think about how many times my head's been kneed, how many times going over a ruck, it's collected someone's shoulder or knee or elbow. Mm. And, you know, that's the stuff that I go, gee, they, they must have it. They yeah. have to. Have have to. And when you're training, um, you're getting far more hits to head than when I do this up here. Yeah. You know, and then often a hip or a, a 120 kilo shoulder. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's they're not. Well, you look at the look at the um, you know being a footy supporter. I look at the NRL. You know, you got guys boxing, training every day, sparring a couple of times a week, fighting every couple of weeks or whatever. Mm -hmm. They seem to be not getting knocked out. But then you got some footy players now that. They can take the ball into the line and cop a little slap around the head, like poor old Caelan Ponger at the moment. And he's, you know, his he's stop button gets tapped and he's, he's gone. And on the topic of... So where does that come from? Well, that doesn't come from the hit that he just took. That just come from the years of running the ball into the line and getting collected. And my argument with that one is that there shouldn't be at that professional level on having that poor technique either. Yeah. I see a lot of poor technique to blame for a lot of these things. Yeah, without a doubt. Guys going head up yeah. and getting collected. Without a doubt. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was the first thing we got yeah. caught in under yeah. nines and tens. Was there was one, I'm sure. Shoulder was, on one side or the other. I'm sure know? it was Reed Marnie from the Bulldogs the other day. and Same thing, you know, the the, the, the runner of the ball got penalised, but it was actually him being a little fella taking on a big guy and just went chin Faced, up front on. Yeah, no good. Stop it. It's like me hanging my chin out like that, trying to spar someone. Yeah, you get an idiot. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Especially calling him an idiot, but calling myself an idiot. Oh, okay, one thing I was going to ask about boxing. Is boxing, in your experience, you've been around the sport for 10 long? years, 10 years, 10, 11 years. Is it as dirty and corrupt as people on the outside think? Um, the, I'll say yes, probably not as bad as they, they make it out to be because a lot of, a lot of the argument that comes around um, from you know, the so-called armchair experts, a lot of the argument comes around them seeing the person that they wanted to win, thinking that they're doing well, and not getting a win, right? So let's go to the perfect recent example that you and I have spoken about, mm. which was um, Devin Haney and Lomachenko, yes. okay? I was going for Lomachenko, right? I wanted him to win. And there's this big blow up about the robbery of Lomachenko. But as a massive Lomachenko fan, I wasn't surprised that Haney got the win because what people have to realise is, is, is there a scoring system? Yes, there's a scoring system. But the, the other system that people don't take into account is the fact that there's simply human beings around the edges of the ring watching this fight, mm -hmm. right? And it can be little things like aggression. It can be little things like what each um, judge likes to see in a fight. What we all like to see is aggressive fighters, you know? We want to see, as fans, we want to see knockouts, we want to see all that sort of stuff. And even though from a purist boxing point of view that Lomachenko was probably cleaner, landing more shots, Haney was actually the more exciting person to watch while he was coming in a bit more aggressive and landing some big, powerful body shots. So what is three or four 
punches, is that worth that one big bang that Lomachenko was, um, that Haney was landing? Well, to one judge, it obviously worked. It's a couple of judges. Yeah, exactly. And and you forget that it's a point scoring system. Yep. But then you want to go, and this is top level boxing, right? If you then go take a step sideways, poor old Stevie Spark from Toowoomba fought a Mexican in Mexico on the Canelo Alvarez undercard. He got dropped in one round out of, I'm sure it was 10 rounds, someone correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, he got dropped in a round out of 10, which means he got scored against him a 10-8 round. He won every single other round, right? Which means he should have won in a shutout and he lost, right? So, so there's a bit of home. Fighting a Mexican in Mexico, you probably got to knock him out to get a draw. A bit like the... Um yeah, like fighting any of those you know, fighters in their home area, you, you're taking the chance. And, and, and if you don't knock them out... That's the thing. Again, human beings scoring a fight, one, punch, one fighter lands a flurry, no one makes a sound. Another fighter lands a punch and the crowd goes wild. So our brain, what does our brain tell us mm-hmm. then? Does one was better than the other? Yeah. Well, one didn't make a, a sound. Yeah. You know what I mean? People don't start cheering in the footy unless something awesome's happening. Someone makes a break. Someone takes an intercept or there's a fight or whatever. People don't I mean, start cheering for no reason. But you also see that home ground advantage counts in other sports as well, like football, because of the referee is hearing the, the yeah, response of the crowd. 100%. He's not wearing earmuffs. No, you know? without a doubt. So people resonate silence with nothing happening, and they resonate the cheer with something happening. So if one person's doing their best but getting no, no cheer, well, where's the, where's the brain capacity that so the people judging it or the referees going, what, is there something happening here? All of a sudden, someone starts landing a few jabs and, you know, lands a couple of decent punches. All of a sudden, the crowd's going wild. People are like, well, that must, that must have been good. So, okay, so let's come back into the health discussion, right? So in terms of when you see a place like this, when you want someone coming in and having an experience, what do you want them to walk away with in terms of like a, having a gym, having a boxing, you know, martial arts kind of uh, gym where there's a lot of variety I just want them just want them to be I just want them to walk out the door better than when they walked in mm-hmm. whether it's mentally whether it's physically whether it's whatever no one no one does anything without a goal in mind right I don't walk to the shops without a goal in mind my goal is to go buy something right you don't come to see me and ask me to be on this thing without a goal in mind because your goal is because you want to create some content or you want to put a podcast out whatever everyone yeah. has a goal in mind so everyone walks into the gym with a goal right my, my main purpose is to um, ascertain what that goal is and help them to achieve it. Right? Because even though it's martial arts and boxing or combat or whatever, everyone's got different goals. And someone might walk in and go, never thrown a punch, I want to start fighting. It's like, yeah, sweet, no dramas, let's get you on that track. On that path. But you might have someone else just come and goes, man, I've just always battled with my weight, I've got shitty fitness, and everything else I've tried to no good. I like going to the pub and watching UFC with my mates, so I thought, why don't I give this a go? So go back to when you weighed more mm-hmm. as a teenage guy yep. and when you got into the fitness. Yep. How quickly did it happen? Or what were the struggles there? What, were the, what was the process like? I've always battled with my weight. Um, really? Yeah, just, I've just, you know, genetics, terrible genetics. There's not an abdominal muscle. Bullet. There's not an abdominal muscle in either side of my family tree, you know. So um, I've always had to work pretty hard. Just to, I always tell everyone I've got to train to stay fat. So... Um, but it really happened when I started to just knuckle down and for me knowing it's like, like my body like I would come here after work after my day job and um, train my ass off and stay as long as I possibly could right um, just so when I got home I could go straight to bed and skip dinner 
uh, so it was a tactical thing in, in order to not have those carbs had, late had, at night? Had to be, just to have any food, right? And I had no, you know, low self-control as well. And then I'd do, you know, I'd do all the wrong things on the weekend. I'd need to make up for it during the week. Yeah. So, you know, partying and drinking, and yeah. which meant KFC on Sunday because I was hungover and things like that. So, Okay, so what do you see as like a healthy lifestyle you know, for yourself now? Like, what do you see it as? Like, okay, what would you like more of? What would you like less of? Yeah, I think your lifestyle just changes as you get older. So, the um, like, I don't drink a lot anymore. I've always said that I'm a professional binge drinker, that if I am going to drink, mm -hmm. I'll do it for an occasion. Yeah, I'll go hard get, then. I'll go hard and that's it, you know? And I've always, just with my personality, I've just been able to, if my mates are just going for a Saturday, catch up to have a few beers and have a bet on the horse or something, I'll just go and have a feed and have a couple of cokes and yeah. have some bets on the horses and I can happily go home. I've got my fix, you know what I mean? Because for me, the fix isn't getting drunk. The fix was being with my mates. I've never been a drinker at home. I've never sat at home and just had a beer. I just don't yeah. see the point in it. Um, and because of the health side of things, for me, it's just added calories that I don't want to... you got to burn somewhere. I've got to burn somewhere. Some other time, yeah. And I'm not doing a good enough job burning the ones I'm putting in, let alone adding extras in. All right. And so... You're a curious guy about health. You, you, you know, you'll pick my brain occasionally on on things. What would you, if there was something you'd like to know more of, in the health space, what would it be? Um, what I would like to know more of would just be things like how to help the average person, because I've always considered myself as an average person, yeah. right? And what I mean by that is this job and this business and this gym has allowed me to come in contact with a lot of like professionals like yourself, but also athletic professionals like sports players and professional boxers and professional rugby league players that are famous and whatever else. And just having them and expose me to the high level of things that they do and the knowledge that they have, I'm like, you know, I'll, I'd like to call it like a, you know, like, a, like a Bogan health system, right? Like, how can I get half of that information down to there? Down here and help people out. And that's, you know, as you well know, that's what I'm passionate about. It's all well and good having professional knowledge up this level, but it far and away dominates in the high socioeconomic areas, high educated areas, yeah. right? And we just see the lack of knowledge come through from this age, mm. unless you happen to be in a family that happened to have some knowledge about nutrition yeah. or, or exercise or sleep patterns or something yeah. along these lines. I think a lot of it just comes down to mindset as well, you know, like I, I wouldn't say I've got too many close friends so like outside the gym that are yeah. into fitness um, and a lot of it can just be, oh, I don't have time for that, I've got a wife and kids and all that sort of stuff and it's like, look, I understand man, but ain't nothing stopping you from getting up half an hour early and going for a run. Yeah, it's just pri setting the priorities. Setting the priorities, you know what I mean? And oh, I'd love to go to this gym around the corner, this fit stop opens up, whatever, it's yeah. 50 bucks a week, oh, I can't afford that. It's like, yeah, well, I'm pretty sure last weekend you sent me all sorts of photos and videos of yourself, buddy, smashing a carton in the backyard, which would have cost more than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and that's it, people buying cigarettes, yeah. a classic example. Cigarettes, more classic example. example. More than any you know what I mean? Like, gym membership. We used to, back, back when I first started in a gym, it was called Go Health Clubs, and the membership was like 15, 17 bucks a week. Yeah. People are coming and saying, no, I can't afford it. You know, and the number one thing, you go, do you drink coffee, right? Because there's that three coffees a week. You drink any takeaway coffee. There's three coffees a week, gym membership paid for. You know? So, all right, coming from Wagga, what do you reckon the difference is? What could they do without there versus, you know, the city 
kind of folk? What kind of priorities do you look back when you go back? I don't know how often you go back. Very rarely. Yeah, but if you from even from your lifestyle, having been back there previously, mm. what are the things that are the challenges out there health-wise? Oh, look, when you say Wagga, like you know, people <laughs> people in the city think Wagga's a two-stick town with you know a thousand people. It's well, got like sixty thousand people now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> To be honest and put it bluntly, there is no excuses. Yeah. Right? There is no excuses because so there are enough services there. Ah, oh, there's plenty of services, mate. Like I grew up on the lake and you now they've done all the lake up and there's big walking tracks, everyone go walking and running and things like that yeah. if you can't afford a gym membership or there's plenty of gyms. I know now there's there's basically a gym in every suburb, whether it's a snap fitness or just the original old workout gym or flexor gym or whatever they're called, you know. So probably at each end of town and in the centre there's some bigger gyms and there's little twenty four hour gyms all set around now yeah. and there's there's variety. There's, oh, mate, there's, there's so many footy teams to play for and all that sort of stuff. There's, I'm sure there's some CrossFit gyms and there's, I think there's one of those UBX there's now as well, U-Box gyms. So there's no excuses. All right. right. If you go out... But what about, like, let's say, for example, like, yeah, having worked in remote areas all around the place, what about when you do get sick or when you do get injured? What were your, what were your experiences there? Um, again, no problems at all because it's all pretty um, advanced and whatever you got there. Where there will be is places like where you have done your, um, like in your remote areas and things like that. And Because you know, Wog is like a hub. Wog is a hub, yeah. And then, but outside of that, you've got people who have to come. Yeah, there's some towns that are like, you know, just normal small towns, but might, when it comes to like a specialist, they'll have to come to Wagga, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, and then you go out, you know, we're talking towns like, you know, 15, 10, 20,000 people, right? But then you go out further where a lot of my friends come from um, you know, a place called Lake Angelica. I think last time I checked, Lake Angelica might have like, I don't know, 1,500 people or 2,000 people, but that includes all the stations yeah. around it, you know? So we're talking, even though they've probably got good services now, there might be a little hospital and stuff, but yeah, specialist stuff, or maybe if there was like a, a good, um, a physio, right? That physio probably comes from another town, Griffith, and he's there on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yes. Yeah, so, something like that, you know what I mean? And there's no 24 seven gyms, there's no, yeah things like that, you know? So they are a lot more limited. Yeah, and that's it. And, then and that's where the excuses start to come in. And that's where sometimes um, the bad um, bad decisions and lifestyles can also come in. Okay. Shout out to everyone in Lake Angelica. Yeah, exactly. I'm, what's out there? Is there something for, I, me, for, for us to go visit? Big Lake, Big Lake, hence the I name gathered, Lake Angelica. I gathered there might yeah. be a lake. Um, big Lake. And jet a, skiing? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> jet skiing, skiing, everything. Big Lake are just a town full of yeah, really nice people. Corporate box. It's been around 15 years, might be, I think it was either 15 years this year, maybe 16. And you've been an owner and runner of this place for took now. Took took over just in time for COVID, so September 19 I took over. Okay. Um, which, um... Was that a big step to cool. like, to go, am I doing this for real now? Yeah, yeah, big enough step anyway. Yeah. Um, I've always been in and around some, um, you know, like the last job I had before that, um, it was a pretty serious business, you know what I mean? Yep. So with lots of um, lots of money, lots of responsibility and things like that. Um, so yeah, I just, I just felt like I was just keeping that sort of same responsibility and just doing it for myself now and having how's, to pay the bills. How's the stress level when you all of a sudden become the owner of a gym versus working within a gym? Yeah, I think, um, look, stress level is there. Um, you know, probably a little bit more heightened just like Financially, where you just want to make sure you can pay the bills. Um, personally, though, I've always taken, um, 
extreme pride in my job, no matter where I've been, yeah. which means, you know, because for me, it's always been sort of directly related to money. The better you do, the more money you make, yeah. right? So the more people I look after, the more sales I'll get, the more business I have, the more money I'll make. So mm -hmm. you will have a lot of people in a lot of businesses who will turn up and do their job and get paid, right? But I would turn up and do my job and I would try and do it as best as I could, uh, having a sales background because- You reap the reward. You reap the rewards. And I always like to have any job that I had um, incentivized, you know, with regards to, you might have some people coming in and say, no, I don't care about commission. I'd just rather get a good wage. Mm -hmm. But I was like, just give me what I got to do to get by and put the rest on commission, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'll, I'll get there. Yeah, because you, you back yourself. Yeah. Basically, well, yeah. I believe I've got the ability to do that. Yeah, oh, I couldn't couldn't live with myself if I did some big deals and all of a sudden, you know, and, and because and of my lazy, I got to get nothing out of it, you know, about my weekly mm -hmm. wage. Yep. I'd rather work hard and get paid more. No, so I, I totally believe in the same philosophy and, and I think that's one of the things that separates some people from who are better suited to working for someone else versus, mm. you know, they don't, they can't deal with the, yeah. the overarching, you know, methods of, of running a business or doing something purely for yourself, yep. you know? But you say for yourself, but this is really a community yeah. here, what you've got here. 100%. Um, how, many, how many people train here? I've got about 400 training here at Lutwich. Um, I've got another 100 or so over at uh, Everton Park. Right. And then um, those numbers came down a little bit after COVID just because it's like just a big reset, you know? People had to leave town and move back to their hometowns and people that were immigrants went back to their own countries and yep. people's wages got reduced. People that we live in a quite, you know, uh, so the, to the gyms in quite a high sort of socioeconomic area here in Lutwich, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, a lot of people had to move out of Lutwich further out, further afield, things sure. like that. So what do you do? And so with the bad. With a gym like this, you know, cause boxing can be quite a daunting, gym to go into if you go into a boxing gym a lot of the time, right? Yeah. You know, guys without shirts on, you know, you know, hitting each other. Yep. Very focused because it's a very high focus sport. Yep. Um, what about the uh, the movement of, you know, women into boxing and these kinds of gyms? Yeah. How, are you noticing that definitely over the, uh, over the years? Oh, look, 100%, you know, like um, all businesses evolve and you know, there would be, I'd, I'd easily say there, just women alone, there'd be somewhere like, you know, 20 or 30, maybe even more women upstairs that, um, we've got more female members than that, but like if just this 20 or 30, that if they had walked into the gym 10 years ago because the demographic was a little bit different, right. they would have, or maybe this isn't for me, you know yeah. what I mean? And you know, I had a lady come down and sign up the other night because she followed us on social media and I'll put a little video up of the, uh, of the ladies class yeah. and that's what got her in, you know, and we've got a, a welcoming a, environment. Yeah, I've got female trainers as well, mm -hmm. um, you know, a very experienced, especially one, Sandy, an extremely experienced female trainer mm -hmm. in, in Muay Thai and, and everything um, uh, health and fitness related. Um, and uh, she's like basically got her own cult following, you know what I mean? Like I've got this whole crew of people that literally just come here to do her classes, you know what I mean? But these are all ladies who, even now they may not be a member of the gym if, we, if I didn't have Sandy here, you know what I mean? But there is just a, a lot more, um, you know, let's tell people if you don't talk about being intimidated, you know, talk about people tattooed up and no shirts on, things like that. I'll just take my shirt off and no one will be intimidated whatsoever. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's. I'd um, take mine off. The glare would just yeah, shine out yeah. in the room. Like, like silver surface. Like here. some LED lights. <laughs> um, but yeah, mate. Like I think I think 
and not even like from a male versus female aspect like you'll have someone come in mate and you know might be lady might be a, a guy who's never even played sport or done anything in the past and they'll just come in and they'll be like um you know like someone like you then there will be someone who's all ripped up and tattooed and and then there'll be someone who's just 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 put a suit on and is a lawyer and it's just we're going to work now you know what i mean we saw a guy walking out who's a lawyer dressed in a suit oh, really? um but then the other thing is they might come in at another time and there's just a gym full of kids yeah. you know so and it's um, exactly it's like a you know you come know, here some afternoon yeah and it's just like and kids kid, kid, kids aren't allowed to make their own decisions so what they relate that to is well, there's obviously some adults out there who think that this place is good enough for their kids to come in straight after school on their own, right? So if there's adults out there that are making conscious decisions to let their kids use this place on a daily basis. There's a trust. There's a trust in the, in, in the whole facility. Yeah. And I think that's one of the great things that is a sign of, you know, if you've got parents who are going, look, that's a healthy place for my kid to hang out because of the values it instills, yeah. fitness, etc. I think that's a great sign of like, you know, a good community um, business. Yeah. Now, I think we've talked enough on the health side of things. Yep. You know, I'm a big man. I love, I love my music. I love movement. That's why I'm here. You know, we're here to move. So we might be on different pages on the music, David. We might be on different <laughs> pages of music. I vary quite a lot. I'll yeah, have yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. You know, I used to sing operetta at one stage. Oh, yeah, I know. We won't bring that up today. Um, but. Tell me what music means to you. Um, What's part of it's in your life? When do you, what do you look for from music? When do you play it? What do you play? Well, see, the thing for music for me is um, like, you know, I've only been alive for 34 years and music outdates me, which means that there's, when you play a song, it can just directly relate back to something, which means it could be, you know, up here in the gym, especially with just music playing all day, or someone might put a song, and all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, me and my mates used to cruise around to this when we were 18 and just getting our licenses, or you know, or. A bit of nostalgia. Yeah, or, or my mum used to play this song when she was cleaning the house, yeah. you know, or whatever. I just think all music for your whole life, you can just keep relating back to um, different parts of your life. And, um, you know, you also use it motivation for different different things like that what about for energy use it for energy use it for energy um use it for energy but i probably don't use it how a lot of people would use it um like i would like especially when i was doing a lot of boxing training a lot of people want that high energy or techno boom, or boom, something boom, like yeah. that mate i'd have like hard stuff mate <laughs> no I, I would have like some weird like tear jerking sort of stuff like oh really I'd listen to hello by Adele you know what I mean or something like that really? while I'm trying to box and you know you just get into this emotional space and, and things like that you know what I mean alright because so it, get, being in the ring can be quite emotional so okay. trying, not for me I'm trying to replicate that so we're going to do some movement to finish this up because we're about movement what is movement what do you love about movement what gets you you know when you is boxing it might not be boxing what's the stuff that movement wise that you really value you get the most benefit from if you had if you have 10 minutes, yeah. what are you choosing? Um, 10 minutes, what am I choosing? 10 minutes only, just be a run. Mm -hmm. Just be a run. A run, outside, no, no music. No music, no. just your own headspace. Yep, yep. because right. you're, you're thinking, um, and then my thought process behind it is, after that 10 minutes you get back, you've just had a big mental dump. You know what I mean? So similar to how a lot of people might have trouble sleeping because they've got a lot on their mind and they're advised to get a notebook and write it down. Once they write it down, it's out of their head. Have you ever tried any long distance running? 
Yeah, lots. Yeah? Yeah. What's the, what, Did a half marathon once. Yeah. I, look, my, my sweet spot's about that 10, 12K yeah. mark. I can sort Fun of punch. level. Yeah, I can punch them out all the time. Um, but yeah, I did a half marathon once, yeah. um, 21 and a half Ks or whatever it was, and I enjoyed it. I, I sort of injured myself a little bit, get pushing a little bit too hard. Too much, too many Ks? Too many Ks heading into it. Um, I should have sort of peaked up And that's for a it. common problem I've seen over the years, and having done long distance running you know, 10 years ago, where I used to see a common theme whereby people were just like doing way too many Ks. Mm. Just also, not recovery time. But the long, even when I was a kid and I was really out of shape, you know what I mean? Like, I'd do the cross country and it'd be 10Ks and everyone would just take off, right? But then as you get into that back third, like I just, all these other guys who were a lot fitter than me, very good, I'd just keep picking them off. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd never win, but I definitely wouldn't be where, if you looked at a Disgrace. photo of us all yeah. at the start, I'd be a lot further up the, up the line than you'd think I would yeah. be, you know? And I'm similar when I box, you know? Like if I did some sparring and did, you know, eight, ten rounds or something like that, you might think there's much going on at the start, but um, Let them tire them out. I'll be exactly the same on the 10th as I was in the first. Yeah. You know, whereas a lot of people, the, yeah, they sort of start high and finish low. I'll just yeah. sort of, I'll start at one pace and I'll be able to hold that pace. Yeah. All right, well, let's go for a little bit of a, a quick 10 minute jog and get rid of some, uh, Sweet. Some of the sit down stiffness and yeah, juju, you know, get some movement juju. Let's do it. I'll put and some sunscreen put, on and take my shirt off. You can choose the song that I'll play to this afterwards. Okay. All right, Richie. So we've done the the jog there. That's that movement. So what are you? How are you feeling now after that? Yeah, good. Well, good. I'll be able to have a bit of a rest now and get back into work. Sabi. Yeah. And you use that as a bit of a warm up too. That kind of. Hundred percent. Yeah. 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 And with, with boxing, you wanna. You want to run, you want to skip, you want to shadow, you want to bag. And that's a bit of, do you reckon it's a bit of a mental reset? 100%, no music, no music while you run. Let your brain work all of its kinks out, let yeah. all that thinking go. It's a bit of a clear out there. Clear your head out, then you can focus on your boxing once you start. All right, so. Or on your workout, whatever workout. The song we're going to throw on, on top of there is Signals by Regard. Signals by Regard, yeah. I don't even know how I came across it, but um, I obviously smash it because when the Spotify most played come out on my Spotify. Oh, then that's your number. Like one, two, three. Or yeah, it was number one by far, by a long way. I just it ticks a lot of boxes for me. And what is what does it what does it give you? Is it uh, like the sweet sound, or is it a bit of bass in there? Sweet sound, good beat, and a bit of a bit of a sing along to it as well, like a bit of an yeah. emotional sort of sing along to it. So it ticks all yeah, my softy boxes. Yeah, there, sure man. Mate. Sure you know, hard exterior, soft, uh, soft inside. She's done a bit hard exterior, like a, very like soft exterior. Cadbury cream egg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had like dark on the outside, white on the inside. <laughs> and all right, so the last thing is to uh, to say thank you very much, and you're going to pass this on. So yeah, mate. Um, I'm going to pass this on. I'm going to pass this on to Jimmy, um, Jimmy Coleman. Um, he's a Jimmy Coleman. He's a fighter. He's a trainer, and he um, he's got a fight on coming up this weekend. So that way. When you guys get to chat, we'll have a lot of Ooh. lots to talk about. Bit to digest. Bit to well, digest. mate, I look forward to it, and um, thanks for being part of Health Rocks, buddy. Thanks, brother. Cheers. Cheers.